Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate. I'm your host, Garth Sundin, Communications Director at MAPS, and today we're speaking with Pete Pillero, VP of Medical Affairs with Melinta Therapeutics and a MAPS board member, and Mark Michalski, Worldwide Head, Healthcare and Life Sciences, Artificial Intelligence and Machine Learning with Amazon Web Services, which is a mouthful, Mark. <laughs> Basically, though, we in medical affairs, we keep hearing how far we are behind big tech in our ability to mine data for meaning. And today we're going to be asking Mark what Amazon knows that we don't. Uh, but first, let's set the stage. Pete, could you start us out? by telling us what we mean by insights and what are these challenges in finding insights in big data. Sure, Gar, thanks. Um, it's a pleasure to be doing this episode. Um, so insights, there is a no strict definition for what insights are, but I would say it's one of the topics that we in medical affairs uh, talk about an awful lot, particularly over the last few years. So I'll take a stab at what might be a way to summarize what an insight is and then talk about the different sources, which then pose the challenge that we have. So, um, you know, we talk about in medical affairs, scientific insights, and this is uh, information or viewpoints that may inform strategic decision-making. Um, and that's a, a pretty broad base to start from, but we then try to boil it down to opinions, viewpoints on emerging healthcare trends, or a scientific statement that somebody makes that's new or innovative, or even a KOL perspective on a topic where there's debate or disagreement. Um, but ideally, we're trying to find, amongst all of those, these unique perspectives, these uh, pearls or, or diamonds in the rough that may then have an impact on our medical affairs strategy, but even sometimes these scientific insights that come into us through a variety of sources, which I'll talk about in a second, may influence other uh, functions within our ecosystem in the industry, for example, marketing. So here's the challenge. Mm -hmm. Those insights can only be found if you have a lot of data points. And where in medical affairs do we get our data points? So I'd say the one that's probably most common is through MSL engagements with HCPs. Okay. You know, this is an important arm of medical affairs, uh, small pharma, big pharma, in between pharma. We all have MSLs, uh, mm -hmm. especially once we've commercialized products and they're out there meeting with HCPs. They're learning from them. They're teaching them. And in the course of those discussions and those peer to peer discussions, there's a lot that can transpire. So yeah, okay. we collect that information in our customer relationship management tools, and it's a lot of unstructured data. So that, that's the biggest source, I would say. But there's a couple other sources. One is medical information inquiries. Uh, again, we all have these departments in medical affairs. They're taking in a lot of questions, largely from HCPs, but sometimes from consumers. Uh, and again, unstructured. It's just, you know, the questions that they're asking us. Um, and then there's three other ones that are worth mentioning. Scientific literature. There's so much literature being published today. If you just think about COVID, 
Uh, and in two and a half years, the amount of publications, it's enormous. And so for each of our companies in each of our therapeutic areas that we work in, there's a lot of publications. Second is more of a newer concept in medical, but uh, that's really what we call these data lakes. And this is where we aggregate all of this unstructured data often that exists within our company, sometimes not just in medical affairs, could be in clinical development, but this lake of information um, is another big place these insights could come from. And the, and the newest place I would say that we think about more and more now in medical is social media. Uh, Twitter, for example, a lot of HCPs have a, a social media presence. Uh, and so how do we ingest that information? And then how do we try to find uh, the insights? So lots of sources, I probably left out a few, but the bottom line from all these sources is we have a lot of information, yep. mostly unstructured in the form of text, and we want to bring insights back to the organization, but how do we do that? And how can we do that in a more efficient, effective manner? And that's why I'm really excited to hear what Mark has to say. Well, Pete, it's funny. Uh, we're speaking to a medical affairs audience, and I'm sure we're speaking to people in the audience that uh, specialize in insights, but I will bet you that 99.9% .9 of the people listening couldn't articulate insights uh, as well as that and needed us <laughs> to maybe you to put a peg in that. So thanks for the insights background. Now, Mark, there are about a billion and six things that I want to ask you, <laughs> but let's start broadly. How can Amazon save us from the data? <laughs> well, uh, well, let's let's give that one a swing. First of all, thank <laughs> you very much, uh, uh, Garth, Peter, for having me. Uh, really a pleasure. Um, and uh, understand the gravity of the challenge. I'm I'm a I'm trained as a radiologist, so I realize how complex uh, medical data can 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 be to to work with. Um, so, you know. The, the good news is that you're not alone. <laughs> uh, in, in healthcare and life sciences, we have tremendous amount of data that we have to uh, have to parse um, in our in our industries. But um, the, the good news is uh, we see similar problems in places like manufacturing, um, media and enter entertainment, uh, consumer packaged goods, and lots of other industries. And even uh, in uh, in at Amazon.com, we see uh, similar problems. I wouldn't say that they're they're directly analogous, but uh, some similar challenges. Uh, probably first, I'll, I'll just set the table a little bit and try to explain uh, Amazon. Amazon's a fairly large company, um, and uh, Amazon.com is how we're probably best known, uh, where you go and uh, can can buy products online and have them delivered. Um, but uh, the Amazon Web Services part of the business is actually more of the business-to-business -business side, and just so that everyone in the audience knows, it's it's effectively um, a set of, uh, of services, compute services like storage and databases that powers a lot of what you see on the internet and uh, in a lot of the, the the software that you use today that. Uh, uh, we we actually all rely on so um, there, there's there's quite a bit uh, that uh, quite a few problems that Amazon has to tackle um, both to provide that um, that great customer facing experience but 
also to to maintain um, the the services and the web services that we, that we do every day for our customers. Um, so so that maybe sets the table a little bit. Um, it, the the question about how do we start parsing some of this data? So let's take one example from .com. Um, so if you're going online and you're looking to to buy something, what do we all do? Uh, well, we start like looking around. So if I want to, I don't know, buy a pressure cooker, I'm going to look at the different options on .com and then I'm going to go through the star ratings and I'm going to go through some of the those uh, customer reviews. And it turns out that we've got millions of products online. And for us to understand not only uh, which products are, are best for our customers or most useful or are driving the most joy for them, uh, we also need to make sure that things like uh, customer reviews don't include really nasty stuff. Uh, and we have to be able to parse that data and make it safe and consumable for, uh, as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's actually a really analogous problem there. Uh, you have to be able to label some of those reviews as as uh, you, you know, good, bad, maybe even unsafe. And then you have to extract features from those reviews that, um, that things like sentiment, like the customer feels really good about this product and uses words uh, that make us, uh, that, that, that give us that indication or a string of words that make them make us feel like they did, they're not so happy with that pressure cooker. Um, so we do that on an everyday basis on, on the site. And um, that's just one example of literally, literally um, uh, many thousands uh, of examples that are very analogous, uh, both at .com and with some of the customers that we help. Well, let me jump in. So I, it sounds like there were a couple sort of necessaries there. Mm. One is cleaning your data or, or somehow, you know, you said making it safe. Mm -hmm. I imagine that that would be kind of like applying tags to data generally, right? And one of them would be unsafe or 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 somehow somehow cleaning your your data or labeling it or organizing it. And the the end goal though, are we talking the end goal is prediction? Is the end end goal pr predicting what someone will want? Or take us through that again. What what sure. challenges, yeah. what are the pieces of the challenges in that dot com looking for a pressure cooker experience. What <laughs> what do you need to do? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love the I love the way that you're starting to break it down. I, I I kind of think about it similarly as sort of a process. First, you have to have the text in a in a parsable fashion. Okay, cool. Uh, then you need to be able to recognize either single words or you know sentences that mean a certain thing, and you need to extract from that like a tag, exactly like you said. And um, natural language processing is the, 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 the field that does that. Uh, so uh, it's, it's the process of taking some of that textual data and elevating out of it some of that met, what we call metadata, some of these tags that, that give us an essence of what's being said. It's, you know, if, I, if I'm online looking for that pressure cooker, it's got, uh, I want to extract, is this a good pressure cooker? Is it bad? Did it fit? If it failed, how did it fail? What's the, I don't know, what's the size of the, of the, the, uh, of the pressure cooker? How much can I put in there? What will it handle? 
Uh, does it have settings? Uh, can I make yogurt in it, et cetera? So <laughs> I think that the um, those are the kinds of things that you need to extract out of that text. Um, you know, some of the challenges that your MSLs run into when they're taking copious notes when they're working with providers, they need to extract out of that. What kind of provider was this? Uh, what Did the provider feel good about the interaction or about the drug? Did they feel bad? Uh, what were some of the AEs? Uh, you know, how are those AEs related? And those are the kinds of things that I understand that you're, you have to, uh, that your MSLs have to um, extract. And it really is an NLP, a very analogous process. Okay. So I was, I was taking some notes here. So you got to get the text in a parsable fashion. Yeah. Then you got to recognize meaning, which is extracting and applying a, a tag, if you want to call it that, usually sure. through or maybe through NLP mm-hmm. that, that takes the textual data and defines the essence of what's being said. So then wh- what do we, you know, what do we do with this? And maybe mm-hmm. Pete, if, sure. if we could bring you back in, what, what does medical affairs want to do with this? And I'd be interested to hear also what, what Amazon wants to do do with this my thought yeah, was predictive but i'm sure there's a lot more so go ahead <laughs> no that's great garth because i was going to come in because i think that's exactly the kind of the tie in here so you know we in medical are looking for what we call actionable insights so mm-hmm. it's not just the insight uh you know that new learning if you will but it's okay now is this something we can actually do something about meaning should we do a publication? Should we do a study? Should we do a medical education program? So we are ultimately looking not just for the insights, but an insight you can act upon. Okay. So, so that, that was why I wanted to jump in to point that out, but also then say some marks. So then can you tie us back to .com mm-hmm. and help us understand how that uh, those analytics that you're applying, the NLP that you're applying to uh, the ratings, for example, how does, what is Amazon looking for? Is it insights that they can action or something else? Absolutely. So if you think about, we've now got that metadata, we've gone through the process of extracting some of those tags exactly to your point. Now, what do you do with it? (laughs) So uh, (laughs) there's lots of things that you could potentially do with it. You can either, you can sort of filter along those tags and kind of say, I want to see all the examples where, uh, a certain concept got elevated. Um, but oftentimes uh, you want to do something even maybe more sophisticated with it. You actually want to not just understand um, what, what say, what reviews are labeled uh, a certain way, but also you want to understand how those those labels relate to one another. So if, say, you're looking for a pressure cooker at .com, you might also be looking for other stuff. You might be also looking for uh, other uh, kitchen uh, devices. You might be looking for a blender. And that implies that uh, somewhere we've encoded that there's this concept of um, uh, of devices that you would use in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that concept linking is exactly the same kind of concept linking that you want to see and say, something like uh, uh, in medical concepts and in complex medical concepts. Um, How is Crohn's disease linked to ulcerative colitis? Mm -hmm. How are different biologic, how is um, 
ecocentric, ecocentrics uh, 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 similar to duplicent. Uh, you know, these kinds of uh, concepts, uh, you need to store them somewhere. And so increasingly we look at, um, a, there's a couple different technical solutions for that. Um, we, uh, we have date, graph databases, for example, which um, not only store some of that metadata, but also uh, stores how are these concepts linked. Uh, and so that's that's a technical instantiation of a concept that we sort of all kind of understand it at an implicit level, like uh, these different concepts are linked and that linkage is just as important as those concepts themselves. Cool, so maybe Pete, let's dig into that a little bit. So. Yeah. We, we, we've got these tags and I, again, Mark, I'm sorry if tag isn't the word that you would use for it, but metadata or whatever, hmm. and we can filter along that at that point. So let, let's just take a look at that one, Pete. I mean, in medical yeah. affairs, how would we use that? Yeah. So, and I do want to continue on that concept point as well. So, cool. you know, at least the way we're doing it in my company is, is that we're asking the MSLs to identify potential insights. So they may have a couple of paragraphs on what they talk to the doctor about, but then I'm asking them, okay, out of that, what do you think are the potential insights? And that's free text. But then I said, okay, tag those insights based on certain, maybe I guess concepts. I wasn't thinking of that, but certain concepts, for example, clinical research or adverse event. Um, and so again, we, now we have, uh, potential insights linked to tags. So Mark, maybe again, help us with the tech. Now I've got that, that information. I love the idea of now trying to find the con concept linkage. Mm -hmm. So to help me maybe understand how the graph database or another tool would help me mm -hmm. to to make that happen. Because right now for a lot of us in medical affairs, it's a quite manual process. So, you know, you can, you can download all this information and you can sort and filter it by tag, but you yeah. still gotta do a lot of reading and then try to, while you're reading, link the, link these concepts back together. Yeah. Well, that's where my favorite part of this comes in, uh, machine learning. <laughs> so uh, when it when it comes down to it, you can't label each one of these elements individually, right? It's just so much work. Um, but you do have some labels. And when you can start to extrapolate from the labels that you already have, um, then you can rely more and more on things like machine learning to identify, you know, how now that you have a note, it's using similar language to um, say another note. Uh, maybe maybe you take as metadata that it's a, the same MSL wrote these two two notes or three notes or, or or what have you. And maybe now you can use some of that label to extract those existing labels to extrapolate using machine learning that we're talking about the same medication or we're talking with doctors of the same um, the same uh, clinical specialty. Uh, you can start to see how, um, if you envision this as a network, you know, if you like, with a bunch of nodes and lines that connect all these different concepts, if you start filling in the the puzzle, uh, you can use machine learning to to fill in the rest of the Sudoku, right? <laughs> the rest of the you can use machine learning to start start uh, filling in the gaps, those lines, those nodes. 
some of the some of the the pieces that aren't filled, and that removes some of the um, the burden of trying to label every single thing. Yeah, it's interesting because you brought in a couple other elements that I wasn't even thinking <laughs> about. So you know, I was thinking about that potential insight, the tag, but then all of a sudden there's other, I guess, again, metadata. Who, who's the MSL? What product? Because we capture that. What were they talking about? Where's the doctor located? Is it is it an MD? Is it a pharmacist? So you're right. It, it, you see just how complex the information is hmm. that, you know, it really feels like you need the right tools to help you start to fill in the gaps or fill in the Sudoku. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially me. I'm not particularly good at it. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. Mark, is it true that a medical affairs organization starting out with insights would need to do some of this stuff by hand starting out? Like they would have to create a taxonomy of these you know, concepts, Pete called them. So clinical research or adverse events, and you would be working with your data collection a little bit by hand at first. And, and only then would you be able to release machine learning into it to, to start, you know, looking at what it can learn from an existing data set or can machine learning just start new? Could, could we say, okay, machine learning, you know, Go into go into our data lake and tell us the cool things that we should be driving our strategy with. Yeah. Um, so so I'll answer that question and then I'm uh, I'll, I'll follow up with an acknowledgement. So uh, <laughs> first the first <laughs> the first uh, the answer is that you can use machine learning and this the both of those regimes. Uh, the first is called supervised learning. The other is called unsupervised learning unsupervised learnings, mostly focused on uh, unlabeled, unstructured data and finding from that data de novo without labels um, or limited labels, um, uh, uh, how these different data elements might cluster. Uh, so, so, so you can use machine learning uh, even when you don't have a whole lot of label data. Now, now for the acknowledgement. I feel like I've I've thrown a lot of uh, concepts out here, which is like natural language processing, <laughs> graph databases, uh, supervised and unsupervised machine learning, um, and it's at about this point where I start losing the audience. Feels <laughs> I start glossing over and things like that. So I want to make an acknowledgement, which is this is a lot of this is a lot of technology that sometimes feels out of reach, and. Um, Part of the reason I'm bringing that up is because uh, you don't need to be an expert in this space to leverage some of the some of the capabilities. Um, first, you know, the cloud is one of those things um, that has a way of democratizing um, this technology. Um, but I'd also say that um, the second piece is uh, even if you don't know how to do it today. Uh, you don't know how to use machine learning today. You don't know how to use graph databases or whatever or natural language processing today. Um, if you use sort of the concepts that we're using today, um, you recognize that the more the more um, thoughtful your label data is, the more thoughtful that you structure your data. When you start to incorporate data elements that you think might be actually useful, uh, going down the 
down the line in, in time, um, that data becomes more and more valuable, no matter what kind of sophisticated uh, technology you throw at it. So that's something I think to for, for your audience to keep in mind. Um, you know, data is not all the same and it's not all valuable uh, in the same way. Um, you know, we've all heard garbage in, garbage out. And, uh, you know, as, as sophisticated as uh, we're getting in data science, um, that still is going to be true. Um, so I think um, that's one thing to keep in mind. I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, Mark. So that's great, actually. Uh, I think my takeaway from that, a little bit of an aha moment for me is it sounds like structuring unstructured data will be helpful. Does that sound right? That's that's right. And and the more that you can create processes in your workflow that just make that an easy thing to do um, to create structure out of your unstructured data, um, the better off you are. Yeah. And I think that's, an, again, another good point is I think about the conversations that I've had with myself, with others in medical affairs around insights over the last, say, three to five years where this idea has really exploded. We often start with no structure. We often don't know where to start. But for, I think for those of us who've gotten better at this, we've put process around it. And process may be, again, where do you capture it? Uh, how do you capture it using tags and things like that? So I think that's another good takeaway for the audience is you got to get started. So so get started. But once you get started, think about how you put a framework around how you capture the information, because the better you capture it, again, garbage in, garbage out, the better you capture it, the more likely then you can apply the tools to it to mine and make sense of the data. I hope that makes sense. Exactly. Yep. I think you hit it spot on. Even if we don't know exactly which tools we're going to use. Yeah, that's right. And we're waiting for 18 months from now, but you know, you're, you're creating the richness of that data looking to the future. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it there then for today. Oh, Pete, you got something to say. Yeah, I I got to do one more question. (laughs) Last question for Mark, because I think this is important for the audience. So, okay. I've, I'm, I'm Dr. So-and-so at company X and I've started collecting insights and, potential insights. I've collected a lot of unstructured data. Let me say it that way. And I've got this stuff. Where do, how do I get started with trying to apply a tool? Where, where do I, how do I get the ball rolling there? Because now I've got all this stuff. I've got a process, but I, I still don't know how to mat, mine it other than doing this manual labor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the good news is is um, it's a lot easier today than it was even a year ago or two years ago um, to access the tools that you need uh, to make uh, uh, um, analytic analytical decisions from this data, make this data actionable. Um, and so what I would say is um, there are low code or no code solutions that you can engage. Uh, we have some at, at AWS. Um, there's uh, a number of vendors that you can in, in, engage uh, and partners that we have. Um, and I'd probably say, even if you don't feel comfortable with, with either of those, I would probably say that um, uh, just dip your toe in. It's actually not, not as scary as it may seem. Uh, there's, there's a lot 
um, that you can do with that data with um, with some simple tools. Uh, and um, there's a lot of resources, learning resources out there that can help you uh, just start to understand uh, how to how to make progress in the space. So, um, so I, I, I'd encourage everyone who's listening to this to uh, just uh, do a Google search, uh, take a look at uh, what's out there. Um, um, maybe watch some YouTube videos or go on the AWS website and look at some of the tools that we have for low code, no code solutions. Uh, that's a that's a great way to start. That's really helpful, Mark. Thank you. All right. Well, let's leave it there for today. Pete, Mark, this is so useful. Um, MAPS members, don't forget to subscribe. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate 